Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing artists and creatives working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello. Ryan Kingsign here now. Happy holidays. I hope you are having an amazing time. And I thought as part of introducing this new um, name change that we have with the creative metaverse, I'd get in and start to share some of the things that I've learned over the years of training creatives and trying to be a creative. And so over the next few days, I'm going to push through a couple of podcasts for you that are just really designed to help you and me understand creative process and get that tiny bit better at our approach. Because as you know, creativity is as much of a mind game as it is, you know, an actual skill game. You can have all the skills in the world, but you know, how you frame it, how you show it, like these are the things that really matter. So what does that mean? Let's jump in and start talking about that. Now in my school and also in my uh, life as a creative, I like to talk about reverse engineering success. Do what other people have done to minimize all the complexity, repeat that process, use that formula, and you're gonna achieve success as well, right? But there's a problem. And it's one of the core problems of being a creative. It's also part of one of the three core identities that creatives have that hopefully we're going to unpack a little bit throughout this podcast. But the main idea that we want to talk about today is reverse engineering success and how that meets the creative's drive and need for freedom. See, most of us become creatives or or we experience our creativity, you know, as a form of rebellion. We don't want to do what's been done before. That's what our accountant brother did. They went and found the path that somebody else had done and they picked that path and, you know, now, yeah, sure, they got that house, you know, they're here, but look at them, they're freaking miserable. Did it work out? Well, it depends on how you measure it. Sure, they have some money in their pocket, but they're kind of a jerk and unhappy and they're not living their best life, right? We've all seen that happen. And we as creatives generally tend to prioritize how we feel about something. Success isn't success without some measure of an emotional reward to it. So how does this idea of reverse engineering success meet with our need for freedom? Of course, now the principal thing that we have to understand is the pros and cons of both, right? So we can just jump into the whole need for a creative to be free. And, you know, tell me if you have felt something like this or you've gone through it. I've certainly gone through it. That's the only reason I know it. (laughs) I have wanted to do things my own way and found myself repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. Because this drive to be free pulls us away from the learning of the past which means we're gonna be stuck in our own intellectual loop, repeating our own mistakes. While the knowledge and the ability to break through that is really just right next to us. It's that mentor, it's somebody else who's out there, who's been through it, who says, no, you gotta try this path. 
And we're like, no, that path's already there. I'm going to go trudge through this. Now, we create great things in this need for freedom and this ability to just go out into the dark wood, explore that and come back with a little bit of light. But in order for us to really understand how this process works, and I know I'm throwing a bunch of things at you, you got to understand the three ecosystems of creativity. This is something I've thought a lot about over the years. And I always imagine myself writing a, a book about this. But the three ecosystems of creativity mirror the three rules of fire. What does a fire need in order to thrive? A fire is going to need a spark to begin. No matter what other conditions exist, if there's no spark, a fire does not actually happen. It has to have a start. The next thing that it's going to need is it's going to need fuel. It's going to have to have something to burn through. The more fuel, the bigger the fire. The third thing it's going to need is oxygen. Why that's separate from fuel, I don't know, but it is, and it works in this metaphor. You're going to need a spark, you're going to need fuel, and you're going to need oxygen, right? So you can go out into that dark wood and go exploring, but what are you bringing with you? So if we look at this from a, a creative perspective, the way I like to think about these ecosystems and this, these rules of fire is the spark is your inspiration. If you don't have inspiration or if you don't know how to work with inspiration, nothing happens. You might actually produce something, but it's not going to be really what you call art or what you call your work. That's going to require you to have this feeling that, you know, you're, there's something there for you. Okay, the second rule, fuel. I need to have fuel. Fire needs to have fuel in order for it to kind of do its thing. And fuel for me is really about your capacity. It's about the skills that you bring to the conversation. Can you actually use this software program? Do you actually understand artistic, you know, uh, frameworks, color theory, and how to work with yellows and reds to create skin? If you're, do you understand how that applies in stylized art? Are you able to apply these concepts, these ideas, these skills to the different disciplines that you're in? Fuel is capacity, your capacity to actually create. Right? So you can be inspired by something, but if you don't have any actual skill, any actual capacity, then the inspiration doesn't go anywhere. It's a spark. Great. You know, you could have a huge spark. You could have a flame and then it comes to you. You can't do anything with that because you don't have the capacity yet. And then the third thing, oxygen. Oxygen is your belief system. No matter what spark is there, no matter how much fuel is in the room, if there is no oxygen, then a fire is going to die. And that's the exact same thing with us as creatives. No matter how much inspiration we might have, no matter how much skill we might have spent our life developing, if you don't have the belief system that allows you to thrive, it's going to all end. It's going to all come down or it's going to be tamped down by what you believe is possible and by what you believe you are capable of. 
That's the three ecosystems of creativity. How are you working with inspiration? And I like to think of it as an ecosystem because it's not just like a boom, hey, I'm inspired, let's go dance. No, inspiration is something you both cultivate and it's something that you harness, you know? You have to find a way to, I'd say you have to cultivate it, harness it, but you also have to know how to manufacture it to some extent. You can't just rely on waking up or going, taking a shower and being like, ding, 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 I got an idea, yay, mom. You'd be so proud. There's an ecosystem to this, all right? Same thing with your capability. There's an ecosystem to capability, right? Because you can actually spend your entire life just developing skills and skills and skills. But capability isn't just learning. And these are this is where creatives can sometimes go astray. Myself, you know, I'm, I, I know this just really from my own example. You can spend a lot of time in the library learning, 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 learning. And you can be the most, you could have the most potential out of everybody in your group. And if you're not actually out there in the arena fighting, producing, taking the hits, you're not really developing capacity. You have potential. Potential is one of the worst things to have in my view. If you have potential, it means you're not working at your full capacity. Yeah, you got potential. You're going to make that happen. Screw that. That means that you haven't done the work. You need to get into the arena. You need to fight. What are you waiting for? What are you hiding from? Judgment. You perhaps hiding from judgment? Are you perhaps worried somebody might actually realize that you aren't at the God that you think you should be well welcome to the club try being part of the development team uh, of an oscar winning piece of software that changed the world and have been put out there as the voice of that software and then actually having to create art you cared about and grow for that that was and still is not an easy process for me you're going to achieve success you're going to do all of these things but if you don't have an ecosystem for yourself to deal with capacity. You're going to find yourself in trouble, right? And then that's an obvious thing. It's, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to be able to do it. And we all know people who we look at and we're like, what the is going on there? Like, what does this person actually know? Why are they so successful? And the simple answer to why they are successful is because they were doing work when success came looking. You and I might have been over in the library going like, oh, cool, I'm going to learn this new thing. Success doesn't pay us for learning. Success pays us for doing. Have you done the work? You can see this. I, you see this in the example of people, right? At least you can see it from an outside perspective. I myself don't know people. I am super looking forward to meeting him at some point, if, if, if that ever happens, it would be absolutely amazing. You'll see him talk about, what uh, I think he says, the pristine approach, where he's not taking a pristine approach to his artwork. He's creating every day. He's doing the work every single day. And look what happened. It's amazing. The power of every day. And that feeds into the third ecosystem that's important for us, this ecosystem of 
the mindset. What are your rules for art? What are your rules for being an artist? What are the rules, you know, and, and, and the, the judgments or the thresholds? That's the other part I was looking for. The thresholds that you have for what something should be. If you go back to people and not taking a pristine mindset or a pristine approach and allowing work to be, that's one example of a rule or a threshold where you're like, and my work doesn't have to have all of this, but how many of us spend our lives sitting there and being like, no, it's not ready yet. No, it's not ready yet. Why is it not ready? Of course, there's some good in that, right? This, this drive to really improve is one of the things that makes us powerful. It is a super power, but it is also a crippling feature if you don't know how to turn it off, turn it on, and work with it. So the creative in us wants to go out into this dark wood and explore all this crazy brand new stuff and learn and, and just really get in there in the journey. The reverse engineer success approach or part of us wants to sit back, see what somebody else has done, practice it, and follow that path. We have these two roads in the wood that diverge and which path will you choose but as the merovingian and in this reboot morpheus says i believe it was morpheus choice is an illusion you already know what you're going to do you're not going to choose the safe path you already know you're going to run off into some dark wood and try to explore something brand new that never existed. And you already know you're going to come back sometimes with success, sometimes with failure. You already know that. So all you can do is sit here and look at these strategies and these options and bring power to your process. Use tools, develop strategies, and try to be a professional about achieving success. Not an amateur, right? I love that book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield that talks about this idea of becoming a professional. And he talks about how resistance is the number one problem we face because as a creative, we are creating things. The universe extracts a cost for the creation of that thing. And that cost comes in the form of overcoming resistance, which is a universal fundamental law of nature. Everything will be resisted. Are you ready for that? Do you have what it takes? Well, a professional does because they've done it before. How do they do it? What are the strategies? What are the methods for them to do it? Well, stay tuned for the next episode as we kind of explore this idea of how we as creatives can become better, can grow, achieve more success, and still unleash that wild side of us that is really the root of our sense of fulfillment. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. It really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. 
Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.